Hey, welcome to Bullpen Sessions. This is Patrick Willis. Uh, glad you're listening. Glad you're here. Glad you're healthy. Uh, Happy New Year. Happy 2021. Grateful for the new year. Uh, I'm not one. I don't like to say, oh, I'm glad that something's passed or happened or I'm glad that's over with because it's uh, obviously 2020 had a lot of negative things about it. The pandemic being the biggest. And a lot of loss, loss of life, loss of health, loss of income. But, you know, there was a lot of good things that came out of it. And, or I should say it's not. But there's always good things that come as well. And I don't want to forget those. You know, some of those good things are forcing me to move to Zoom for the podcast and being able to reach out to people across the country and having conversations with people in Chicago and L.A. And this week's guest, Felix Solis, my friend and incredible actor, someone who's who I really appreciate, uh, love his work, and you'll hear in the conversation, just very thoughtful, um, you know, but he was in Atlanta working, and, you know, not that that wasn't possible before, but before I, I, I wanted to be face-to-face, I wanted to, you know, sit down and talk to the person across the table, and, you know, this change that came out of the pandemic, um, you know, allowed me to reach out to people that I wouldn't get to talk to otherwise, uh, face-to-face, so it allowed me to grow. And, you know, I'm grateful for that. I'm feeling like as we turn to 2021, a lightness about the year, like some some hope, you know, that um, I think the lightness is because we've all figured out how to navigate the work in this situation, you know, whether we're doing audio plays, Zoom plays, live performance, live streaming, and different things. We've, we've been doing it long enough that we can manage it and at the same time there's hope that we're going to get to do something in the future that resembles what we would want to call normal and so I have a lightness about that and I also you know I was thinking about the change of going to zoom and I also like the new year I like when things change because I get to you know evaluate take inventory what was working what what wasn't what do I want to do more of you know, um, what do I want to do differently? Basically looking at that idea of like, don't keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, you know. Um, and I love the opportunity for inventory because Felix talks about something you'll hear in that conversation about the comfort of knowing that you're going to do this the rest of your life. So it takes out the race, it takes, it slows it down, it gives you a, you know, you don't put as much pressure on everything. And I think that was really good to talk about. And the other, but the part of that that also reminds me is I'm going to do it the rest of my life, but I don't have to do it the same way. And, or maybe I'm not, you know, I like taking the pressure off and knowing that I'm in it. But I also think of other things like, oh, if something's not working, you can stop doing it. And you can change how you do it. And I think that's what I like is the reflection of at the turning of the clock at on the new year is really, I mean, the reflection starts well before then, but um, just the motivation to, to take action and to do the things that need to be done to make the change happen. And I know you're doing it because uh, we all made changes in 2020, so we know how to do that. And, um, you know, I hope, I, hope, I hope we're able to let go of the things that didn't work for us and uh, step towards and take action for the things that are working and that we'd like to do a little differently. And mostly just Happy New Year. Grateful everybody's here. And with that, play ball.
I'm in the, I'm, I'm in the, I chose to find a place in the more, I guess you would say left side of the world, you know, it's, it's a lot, a lot bluer here in this part of Atlanta. I think Atlanta in general has always been a sort of blue, democratic, blue colored, you know, part of the, the state. But um, I just even hunkered down even further and went into an incredibly like predominantly, uh, you know, black and, and, and gay and, and super, you know, uh, left kind of area. So I was like, I don't know, it's just better that way. When I walk my dog, I'll feel, you know, and so, and so I did. So, so it didn't feel as crazy. Although during election day, I did have to go in to take a test, a COVID test. So I drove to a more downtown, more centralized area of Atlanta. And there were people out and there were, there were people yelling at each other from across the street, you know, expressing their feelings towards each other. And I thought, well, in a way, it's sort of what this country's about. And in another way, it was also scary because it wasn't, it wasn't kind rhetoric, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that was the part that kind of hurt is to hear people talk to each other in an unkind way. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, and then I've been here, I've been here since. And then we've got another one coming up too, January 5th. I was gonna say, did you, did you move there for filming? I did, yeah, because we, uh, because of the COVID uh, 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 laws and, and the new rules that the Screen Actors Guild put together, they were encouraging anyone who was going to be in, like, say, more than one episode or, or have a, a longer story arc or something. Usually what they would do is we'd go, we'd work, we'd go back home, we'd come back, we'd work, we'd go back home. And so they had plans to have me sort of in for the season. So they were like, if it's okay with you, we'd like to maybe help you set yourself up so that you can... Uh, you can be here the whole time and then not have to uh, have to go back and forth. And that was fine with me because I didn't I don't want to get on a plane. No, <laughs> I drove that. I drove from Los Angeles to Atlanta. I was like, I'm not getting on a plane. That's how that's how like non. If you can avoid it, man, I'm, I'm all for <laughs> that. How mask wearing I am. <laughs> I, said, ah, I ain't getting on a plane. We're driving. Let's go. That's yeah, I, I've uh... I'm all for that. I drove up to Rochester, which is like a seven, it's not a cross country, but mm -hmm. I thought, oh, I can drive because I'm the only one in the car. Yeah. That's fine. You know, <laughs> you're in control of it. That's as, as in control as you're going to get. It's just you in the car and anything that happens from there, from that point forward, I was telling my dad about this. He's like, you know, you still got to be careful because he says to me, you got to be careful with the gas stations and the hotels. And I was like, yeah, I'll do what I got to do. But, but, and then at the end of the day, he's like, but you do all of that and you drive. And you get this thing, then you know God's just being mean to you. <laughs> and you can't do nothing about that, <laughs> you know. It's like so, but uh, but yeah, I did it. I'm so I'm here. I'm here, and I'm hunkered down, and it's nice, you know. I work. I work a little bit. Uh, I, I work in clusters, which is kind of cool. And then because it's not, uh, it's a concentr a concentrated cluster, so you know. It's not like you're shooting half a scene now and then three years, three months later, you're shooting another, the other half of it and you have to figure that out. It's all sort of clustered together. And so, and I think that's also part of what the producers put together as far as shooting schedule was to, to make sure that they can put all this stuff in, in a concentrated form and then, and then allow the, the actor to have a sort of break, so. And are they cluster, are they doing ep clustering more than one episode at a time? Yeah, they'll do a block, so it'll be, it'll be, three episodes at a time. 
Nice. That's yeah. smart. So they'll take all the scenes from the first, like for example, the first three episodes of the season. They'll take all the scenes that my characters in, and they'll condense them all into a four or five day period. So, as opposed to shooting one day, which is what I used to do last season, you shoot one episode and then you go back to LA and you hang out, and then a month later they call you, you get on a plane, you go back. And, and just, are yeah. they bringing in? Is the same director doing the three episodes? Yeah. 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 Yeah, they put up, they put the, they put together the blocks that way with, with the same director doing all three, which is kind of nice for them because it gives them the feeling. It's almost it's interesting. It gives them the feeling like they're shooting a feature film each. You know. Yeah. You got three hours. You got three hours of content that you're putting together. So you prepare it like you would a a, a feature film. You know. Hey, you're great on the show, but how did that come? Just last season, how did it come about? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good question, Pat. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, for the better part of my entire career, had shied away from these kinds of parts, and I had, uh, I had sort of taken a self-imposed, not at all influenced by anyone, but just genuinely self-imposed oath to to shy away from a kind of negative stereotype or a kind of uh, a character that didn't didn't make you know brown people look good at all you know or or in that world or the stereotype anyway i shied away from that i shied away from that and then about six months before i was asked to audition my uh, the career was taking a turn my career was taking turns that were out of my control and and you know long story short basically weren't going my way it wasn't going my way and i was like okay so i was sitting there and I was like, if the things that I've been wanting to do are not coming my way, I looked up at the heavens and I was like, well, then that means that you needed me to do something else. So whatever it is, is that you need me to do, uh, I will put aside what I want to do and I open myself up to let me uh, accept what it is that you need me to do. And then a couple of weeks later, uh, I got the audition and I was like, this is what I not wanted to do for my whole career. <laughs> but if this is what you need me to do, universe, then I will do it and I will do it to the best of my ability. And I had, and I had sort of, I made a decision to say, okay, well, I'm gonna play this part in this audition the way I would play this part, not how I think they want me to play this part but how I would play this part if I was given the, the, the opportunity to play him. And so that's what I did in the audition. And, and, uh, and, then was, and then was asked to come in for one episode and then it, and then it grew from there. But, but it was a, basically, it was a saying yes to something that I had said no to for a long time in a nutshell, you know? But, uh, but I was like, all right, well, if I can figure out a way and I'm gonna try to figure out a way to this guy's just a hardworking man with he's trying to keep his business afloat and he's just taking care of his family and he's got to do the things he has to do to make that happen. And who's to blame any man in this world for doing that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I injected the human in him, you know? <laughs> so which is pretty which is what you gotta do for every role. You know, yeah. The yeah, there's a difference. There's a difference. There's a place where the and there's a place for that kind of <clears throat> beautiful, you know, archetype expression of, of performance. And then there's, and then there's also, you know, those moments where you're able to take something that could easily have been 
one-sided or, or one-dimensional and then just you know put in the uh inserted the references and inserted the choices that were gonna make this guy or make this girl a, you know a human being that that uh is complex you know i'm gonna ask when do you think you got the the confidence or the awareness to to choose when you go into a room to be like, okay, I know what they want. Cause I think that picture is always present, right? We've seen the stereotype. We know the archetype that they're mm -hmm. thinking. I'm going to do what I want, what, how I would, when you said how I would play this, mm -hmm. how, at what point did that shift for you or did it ever shift? Has that always been present for you? Um, I think it's always been present as a, as a, as a characteristic of my personality as how I was raised is always to be like, just make sure that you are who you are and not who you want, you know, others want you to be. That's how my parents raised me. They're like, just make sure. And it's okay if someone doesn't like you for who you are, because at the end of the day, you're still just being who you are. And that's what, that's, what's more important. So, so I kind of, that was raised in me, instilled in me growing up as a person. Uh, but it did come with an experience where I, I, I did what they wanted me to do and, and I didn't like what I saw as a result. And when I, it was a television show and I went in and I, you know, did what they asked me to do and then watched it. And I thought, that's not, that's not how I would have played it. <laughs> I instinctually had a, Hey, can I get a do over <laughs> 20 seconds? I'm out. Can I get a do over so that, so that I can do it the way I wanted to I would do it as opposed to how you wanted me to do it. And it was, it, it was literally a result of watching what that can transpire as. That's not to say that if you don't, you know, if you, if you do something that a director or a producer or a writer has asked you to do, that it's going to be bad. It's just in your heart when you know you could have done something different and it rubs you the wrong way, then that's ultimately what you react. Yeah, when you said you saw it and you wanted a do-over, did you get a do-over? No. No, I didn't. And, and, and that kind of was like, okay, I'm never going to let that happen again. You know? Yeah. Because I also think there's this feeling of like, oh, I should do what somebody's asking me to do. And the truth is that if you bring this idea, like you did at Ozark, like, here's how I want to do it. You're going to make everyone richer for it. Cause I, I, I think so. I mean, at the end of the day, I think the, 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 the goal shouldn't be to, to do it for someone else, but, but, but at the, but, but yes, it does turn out to be something unique and it's a crapshoot. Uh, at the end of the day, for me, it feels like, you know, when you're, you're honoring yourself, you're, uh, you're all, you're going to be all right. You know? I'm like, Oh, I'm frustrated. Cause actually one of the stories to one of the people that I know who I want to talk to because I love your acting and your artistry but I also um also did a little research and I was like oh I didn't know that you didn't like things like you didn't finish school you know and you left in the middle to started working and I'm curious like you know I, was, I didn't and I was like how did how did the work start happening you know and I'm curious about so yeah. I, I had a I had a friend who came and saw me in a play and went to his agent and said, you need to come and see this play and you need to come and see my friend in this play. He doesn't have representation and he should. And, uh, and that agent came and saw it. It was a production of Pericles in Brooklyn, the Brooklyn band show in, 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 uh, in Prospect Park. And, uh, 
and he came and he saw it and and he you know he said he'd like to represent me and and he took me on and this was right in the middle of college and and i thought okay well i'm doing what it is and i'm supposed to be doing but i was also i wasn't doing very well in school so so it was it was it was sort of it was more like, thank you yeah i was like thank you <laughs> thank you for the sign because i'm not doing well over here this is not working for me but uh, but it wasn't anything that they did. It was it was it was that I knew that myself, me as the person, I knew that I wasn't scholastic. I'm just not scholastic that way. I mean, no more. Yeah, just about the work, and that, and then you started working. And and um, did you know when that person introduced you to the agent? Did you know how to navigate that relationship, or what type of work you wanted to do, or anything? No, no, I didn't. I, I, uh, I, I didn't. First of all, I didn't know that the agent was coming, so that was that was kind of helpful of me. I, I feel like I may have at that point, if I had known that somebody was there looking to represent me like a scout, you know, was scouting me. Who knows what my performance would have been like? But, uh, but I'm glad that I didn't know that I met afterward. Um, I met him after the performance, which was helpful. But I also, I, I, didn't, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I had, the only reference I had at that point was what I knew what didn't make me feel good, which was a scholastic environment. So, so I was like, okay, well then I'm, you know, I'll, I'll be game for anything as long as it doesn't feel like what I was feeling when I was trying to be in school, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, and I didn't know, like, again, I didn't know so much like that I didn't want to play these stereotypical roles or I didn't want to do that. I just felt like, I don't know where I heard it. I heard it somewhere that, it, that Denzel Washington said in an interview, you, you know, we got we to gotta do what we got to do in order to get to a place where we can do what we want to do. And, and, and that doing what you got to do part of that statement is, you know, is the playing the whatever comes your way. And, and figuring that out. It did help though, quite honestly, it did help that I, that I started in and remained in theater through, through the beginning part of my career because, because, in, because there wasn't that issue in theater, like in theater, you, 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 you didn't have to work your way, uh, work against, you know, be like, oh, there's a stereotype, there's a stereotype because, you know, theater and playwrights and plays, they, they transcend that a bit. <laughs> not a bit a lot they transcend that and 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 so that that remained me it allowed for me to remain in that mindset so that when i then moved into television i had that mindset it's different if you start your career solely in a television or in a film uh uh, uh community or business that you know that is that is what you learn you know right because uh, you're 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 entering into a much bigger business yeah yeah yeah, it's a business, and it, it is about you know. I've been struggling to to allow this word into my vernacular, but it is you know the optics is is that is that what they see is you know really what they're looking for is what they see, and if you look like the guy, then you could be the guy, you know. And uh, and I just think it's interesting. I think it's always been a very interesting. People talk about the difference between film and television, and theater. And you know the bigness. You play big. You play small. You play this. You play that. And those are all worth 
they have their worth in the, in in the in the conversation. But the one I've always been interested in is in about how you act differently for theater and film. It's more like how they perceive you in theater and and how they perceive you in, in film and television, and and the fact that you can you can wake up one morning and say, I want to be in television, I want to be in movies, and get hired. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't wake up one morning and be like, I want to be in a play, and then just be in a play. <laughs> you know, there's a process, and there's this journey, and there's this rite of passage and this initiation that I think theater has it. You kind of really don't get that in the other, but you know. Well, yeah, I mean, you not on a professional level, and you're right. You can just be in a movie or a TV because you look a certain way. Yeah, you're in. You're hired. That, you know, but yeah, if you're going to keep doing the theater and grow at a level where you're going to make a living, that's that's a lot of training. Yeah, it's a lot of training, and and then and it's pounding the boards. You know, as they say, we got to do the. 99 seat downtown St. Mark's Theater, and we got to do the regional circuit, you know. And we gotta... That's what, yeah, I guess the training, I mean, it's like there's a th through the work, not just the, yeah. not the, just the conservatory. Not just the schooling, but like, yeah, you got to go through it. Yeah. Yeah, you got to go through it, which is admirable. I love that. It's admirable. The thought of doing a play right now makes me exhausted, but that because I'm pushing fifty. But but uh, but yeah, but yeah. I imagine it'll happen though when you when you want it. Yeah, yeah. The last the last play I did uh, was a was the Martina Majoc play that she wrote where she won the Pulitzer for about the 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 woman in the wheelchair and her and her ex-husband and I has to take care of her is very heavy heavy play and and uh and I fell into it I fell into it the person dropped out the actor uh I think was either fired I can't remember but he dropped out they, they had to replace him 10 days before a performance and uh and an actress who was in the play called me and said hey do you want to do you want to step in for this? And I was like, yeah, I know the play. I knew the play. I think she may have started it at our company. I'm trying to remember the name of the play now. Of course, this gives my mind. But uh, but yeah, I took it on, and then I learned the part in ten days, and then went in. But that was exhausting. At the end of that run, I was like, um, I gotta take a break. <laughs> or either that, or I gotta keep my muscles going. I gotta like keep bring those muscles back. You know. Right. I either need to keep. It's like running a marathon, you know. I either gotta keep training, or accept the fact that I'm, I'm gonna be in shape this week. Done, and I'm sitting in the chair for the rest of the time. Yeah, no, but it, but it's, it's, it always, it's always, uh, it always calls to me. It always has, and it, I think it always will. I don't, I just, I just don't know what the, uh, what the, how the, how the circumstances need to be, in order for me to then commit. I mean, that one was literally blinded. I just. Got the call, said yes, went it, and then next thing I know, I was doing six shows a week, and it's probably why I got beat up because I was literally like, having you know, you haven't played ball in a while. All of a sudden, you just get on the court, you buy a pair of sneakers, you get on the court, you haven't played in a while. You're like, mm. yeah, yeah, you feel every inch of that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, 
it's funny for you to say, oh, I got to take a break because I also know that taking a, I don't know what taking a break always looks like for you, Felix, but I know you produce. Yeah. And I can't, I don't see that taking a break means not doing anything. Yes, correct. I think it means, it means uh, not saying yes to everything. That's kind of what it feels like to me to take a break is to just not, is just to be like, I'm, not, I'm just gonna, uh, just give me a second. Uh, maybe not this one, maybe the next one, or you know what? Or I don't know, yeah, let me, um, thank you so much, but you know, some that kind of thing that, that that then when the when the thing you're supposed to do comes knocking, it, it takes you by the throat and it says, you're not doing anything but this, and then you do it, you know? Yeah, that takes the confidence of getting into a place where you can say no. Not only, like it's interesting, we were talking earlier, and I know that it's important not to take roles, that didn't feel authentic to you, didn't create a, the, the right image that you wanted, not about yourself, but even culturally and bigger. Mm -hmm. um, but it's that ability to say no comes with a confidence that it's not your last chance. It's not the last offer, you know? And I'm curious, at what point in your, early, your early career, at what point did you feel like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a career, I'm gonna work? And, and just sort of what was that and how did it, and, and how did you, I don't know, how did you know? That's a good question, Patrick. That's a good question. I, I, I had, you would call, I guess you'd call it those, you know, the moment of clarity or the moment of understanding, but, but I, I had this, I had a realization early on that this was what I had chosen to do for the rest of my life. And therefore I've given myself the rest of my life to do it. And, and therefore I have the rest of my life to succeed as an actor. <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? Like, and, and it, it's kind of like a full blown, like, this is it, you know, the tattoo, right? It's like, this is it. And, and yeah, you can cover it up. Uh, you can change it. You could add to it but you still got the tattoo for life, right? And I kind of, I, I made that decision. I said to myself, I'm, I'm gonna do this for the rest of my life. And so therefore I have the rest of my life to do it. And therefore I have the rest of my life to succeed and get a job and get hired and, and audition and do these things. And, I, and, and what that has done for me is it has given me the antidote to the anxiety of, will I get this job? Will I not get this job? God, what's going on? I haven't worked in, in a year. What's, I must be the worst actor. In the, it gave me the antidote to all of those things. Cause I was like, you got, you're doing this for the rest. So if you said you want to do this for the rest of your life, then if you don't work for two and a half years, three years, and you still got, you're still, you know, you're doing it. Right. It doesn't change who you are and what you're doing. No, that no. perspective is great because it takes the race out of it. It takes the race out of it. It's, it's, I know that it's easier said than done. Of course, I'm not blind to the fact that as a male in the industry, it's a lot different. And that, and that, and that for, for females in the industry, that there's something else there that is like, you know, that working against that industry time of age and looks and things. And, and so I don't at all claim to, not you know be aware of that because i'm fully aware of that i also know that i just made the decision to do it for the rest of my life and and then i have that i have the rest of my life to do it 
No, I mean, not taking away the, the fact that all those, there's challenges for, for everybody. I think you're naming the right ones where people are going to feel in a rush. But, yeah. but I think when, you know, the farm, I try not to define early career by age, mm -hmm. but I think when people are starting out, everything's a race, you know, everything yeah. because they, they see where they are and they see where they want to be and they think everyone else got there quicker. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and as opposed to everyone else got there when they got there. Exactly. Yeah, we're all in our, we're, we each, each one of us, Patrick, are in, we're in our own time zone. Each individual, we all have our own time zone. Not everyone, we're not sitting in the same time zone. And we shouldn't, and that's one of the things that I think we should guard against is to be like, well, they did it at 25, 30, 40. I'm still, what about me? Well, you guys are in different time zones, man. <laughs> we're all in our different time zones. And when your time comes, your time will come. And when, if it's before or after or during someone else's, then enjoy that and observe that as a, as a camaraderie, as opposed to a competition, because you will work when you work, not when, like, you know, when some, because someone else is working. Uh, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I kind of, that helps me. That helps me a lot because because the last thing I think that I want to do is fall into like, what's going on over there in that person's career? You know, it's so, it's just dangerous. It's time consuming, it's time consuming. And then you, then you consumed it and then the, the, that consumption turns to waste. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> like you just wasted your time, bro. Like, so, yeah. Uh, and, and also we're, we're comparing and we don't know it's funny, like, you don't even know if you want what that person has, you know, yeah. you just want these, it looks easier because they didn't, <laughs> none of us had to see the work that took to get there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So we're like, oh, I want that because that's happened. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a very interesting, it's an interesting thing. Again, now I, I don't, it's, it's happened to me the way that it's happened to me. And therefore I can only reference that experience, but but it is, but it is interesting. I do have conversations with fellow actors and artists who, who have been like, I've been doing this for 40 years and I haven't gotten any, you know, where I wanted to be. And, and it's a hard conversation to have with someone, especially if you feel that they are looking at you as if you have achieved what they want. Right. So that's a very uncomfortable conversation to put yourself in. But the idea behind it is, if you allow for yourself to be in your own time zone, just be in your own time zone, then then that around you becomes an observation as opposed to a uh, a competition, you know. But yeah, but yes, yes, there is definitely that that feeling of like you gotta be careful not to start comparing because then you you get in your own way, you get in your own way, and you're wasting your own you you're you're letting your own precious time slip by on something other than what it should be on. When did you think you got the clarity of like knowing, you know, it's funny when you said, oh, I, you know, you started with the image of I, people can say they want to make TV and they want to make film. But I also think, you, you know, we were talking about lack of the, the non-need of training at that point or putting in your time to do that. But you also had to make a concentrated shift to say, oh, I want to do this type of work. I want it and like I'm this isn't about a time zone this is about a focus on the type of work you want to be doing and how did you yeah shift to say and and what did you do to make that shift for yourself 
Well, that shift is still currently happening, Patrick. It's that's that's sort of part of where 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 I'm at with this whole. I've chosen my I've chosen to do this for the rest of my life because that's still there. I'm not I'm not. My career is not one where I am being handed scripts to read to, for consideration. Uh, so therefore, I the 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 question of what do I want to do and how do I want to do it and what do I want to do is always going to be in direct correlation to whatever comes my way as an actor at this point, right? Uh, and whatever audition I'm given or so on and so forth. So instead of this offer coming, it's more like the audition gets sent and then I have to make the decision, do I want to audition for this, right? Uh, as opposed to making the decision based on an offer. Uh, so that being said, the the, the more direct answer to your question is, is that it, it, it always will remain with what makes me feel like I've honored myself as an actor, as an artist. I've honored myself and I've respected myself enough to, to, to be able to contribute to a story that I'm being asked to contribute to. And that also that icky feeling, that icky feeling of like, Man, I'm I'm not gonna like myself afterwards if I do this part. I'm just not so, or I'm not gonna have a good time, or I'm not gonna enjoy it, or I'm not gonna do this for anything other than. Sometimes you say, okay, well the money there it is, but then you go, is that good enough? It always starts with the same thing, which is that is this is this, and this is part of the actioning that you know that I that I become a religious fanatic of is this, this does this part make me want to act does it make me want to speak does it make me want to tell a story but but that's but that's also like again you start we talk we start from the foundation that you were talking about before Patrick which is like if you've chosen to do this for the rest of your life then you've got the rest of your life to make those decisions you know and figure them out and work them out you know great I um when you say you're not handed things I think I guess part of me was thinking like, oh, you get to choose what arena and at what level you want to work at, but maybe I have a misperception of that. But one of the things that I'm interested in is what made you, what inspired you, not made you, but inspired you to start producing. I started making money. As an actor. I started making money as an actor. As an actor, I started making money. And I said to myself, well, I got two choices. And it happened, it happened, it correlated with actors around me. I was doing a television show. It's the first time that I was a series regular. There's a certain amount of contractual, you know, monetary contractual uh, numbers that come with a series regular, usually significantly more than you've probably made before. And so, and so I would, I was like, wow, this is great. I can, I'm starting to put it together as savings. And and uh, and then I started to watch the actors around me and some would come hang out and all of a sudden they'd show up the next day or, or a week later with a really nice gold watch on their wrist or like the keys to a brand new car. And I was like, what would I, like, what, what, what is that to me? And it came to be that I was like, I'm going to buy equipment. I'm going to buy equipment so that when I don't have this job anymore, because all things must come to an end, like if I don't, when I don't have this job, I'll be able to keep doing what I'm doing um, because I will have bought myself the opportunity and the, and, and the tools to do it. And so, and so, you know, people went out and bought cars. I went out and bought a film package 
and uh, camera, tripod, microphone, you know, all the lights, you know, the whole thing is as, as modestly as I could put it together uh, for myself. And, and that correlated with a trip that my partner uh, was taking to go visit her mother and help her mother in Chile on the vineyard that her mother owns in Chile. And, uh, and I was like, well, we bought this equipment. We got this stuff. Let's just go to when I'll go with you on this trip to your one. Well, let's just write a script and let's make a movie, <laughs> you know, let's use the toys that I bought, you know? Uh, and well, so that's, that's how it started. And it ultimately started with, that was the first prudisorial adventure I took was one that said, you know, um, instead of going out and you know going on vacation and taking a bunch of photos why don't we go on vacation and make a movie take a bunch of moving photos together exactly put them together maybe do a little story and then i was going <laughs> a fucking short film yeah yeah I, I you know and i saw that film right did i see it at tribeca yeah so when I saw it, it was it's great it's getting a kick out of the fact of like it, it's sort of thematic along the lines of i'm going to do this the rest of my life because I could buy a a car or I could buy equipment that allows me to do this. Yeah. That empowers me to do this when other people aren't hiring me to do this. I can do this because yeah. clearly totally. this is what you want to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. Set yourself up so that you can do it for the rest of your life. Absolutely. Yeah. How do you think you maintain relationships or how I'm, I'm curious about, you know, when you work with people more than once, like, you know, I think Joe Bonnie and you have worked a couple of times together and I, I would imagine Mark Wynn Davey and, and I think uh, in different places, but how do you maintain those relationships or what do you do to, how do you feel you keep those contacts, not, not in a networking thing even, I don't even know what it is, but how does it feel like you keep those friendships going and artistic professional relationships intact? I think there's there's three I think there's three answers to that question Patrick. The first one is a level of equanimity. The level of of you and I are equal. The level of 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 understanding that that if we allow for ourselves to treat each other as equals in this endeavor then 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 it then it forms a a, a respect that then gets transferred into a friendship, you know. Uh, I, so that's sort of what I've always been able to do with the directors that I've worked with for more, on more than one occasion. It's that I've become an equal with them as opposed to a, one's higher than the other and, you know, so on and so forth. And so you do that. Two, you get out of the way. You get out of their way when you collaborate with a person and you see that that person is going in a direction and it's a, and it's a direction that is supposed to be going in, you don't get in the way of that. And that and not getting in the way of that is the pendulum that swings in both directions as like there have been directors who have stopped me from, from doing what it is that I'd like to do or got in the way or impeded it. And then there are those who have become repetitive, who have just been like, "No, this is right. You're right. Great. Keep." And then, and then, and then I'm going, "Okay, cool. So I don't, I don't have the right to tell you where to put the the set piece, and you don't have, the, you know what I mean? That kind of situation. So it becomes again an equal thing. So you stay out of each other's way. And then at the end of the day, too, it is it is uh, 
there's a level of relinquishment that I think forms it forms a bond between two our fellow artists who work together you know in a in a very on a very surface level you know it's like if someone says man that choice you made in that scene was amazing and 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 the director was the one who gave it to you you say wasn't me that was him or her you do it you say that and then vice versa too you know where like somebody will come to you and say they'll come to they'll come to a director and say that moment where that opened and the thing was a, just a really complex and wonderful moment. And then the director will look at me and I'll go, yep, that was all yours <laughs> when it wasn't, but that's okay. There's relinquishment and allowing for that to be a fluid, a fluid thing I think is, I think is important. And I also, and I also, and it's, it's, this was the difficult one, but it's, we can't be afraid to fight. We can't be afraid to fight. Uh, and 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 just and argue and debate moments that that are first and foremost unselfish, unselfish, and 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 required for the next level of expert, the next level of fucking excellence. You know what I mean? Where where yeah, I got, I've gotten to a little bit of a thing with Giovanni about this moment and this moment, and I go, I'm not, it's not you, it's not my ego telling you to do that, and it's not your ego, it's saying this plague can go up here, let's do it, let's get there, let's go there, let's, let's not be shy about it, let's, let's go for it, you know, but I think those things are, you know, again, you, you, it begins with a, a level of respect, and, and, and a level of, of uh, of confidence that that uh, that the yeah there's a, that there's an equal there's an equalness there that I think that's sort of where it starts. Yeah, I think that's great, and I think the comfort that it that that a that brings, but also when it goes from that place of this isn't exactly it, but I'm lucky to be here, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and feeling that power structure is not equal, mm -hmm. and it is equal once we're all working on a project. Somebody's got more experience. Somebody's got more of this, but we're all building this play together or movie or project. Absolutely. You know, and Phil would say your only responsibility is to the part you're playing. Right. And that's true. You're hired to do, and then you stay in that thing. And then, but then at the same time, if that is being interrupted or, or, or uh, encumbered in some way, then you have to sort of, it becomes difficult, but yes, you're right. All of us going in the same direction, pulling our own individual, wait and, and when you say let's make this play excellent let's yeah. get it to the next level yeah. I, I love that because you know part of me wants to talk about career and business and how you got there but like what does that mean artistically to you when you're looking at a project saying i we can make this better mm -hmm. not mm -hmm. better than it is mm -hmm. we can make it as good as it can be yeah how that, are you, where do you find that i find i find that in the in the in the in the 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 willingness to 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 fail and the willingness to fail where there's there's there, if 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 it's safe and you're playing it safe and you feel like people are playing it safe then you won't be able to reach that next level of excellence because because you 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 gotta fail. You gotta fail. You gotta spit it out, and you gotta fail. You know, and and uh, and and that's part of it, uh, where it's like you You know, it's we're never open. We're always rehearsing. Yeah, I agree. 
from the last performance to the last curtain call, all of that is a rehearsal, is an exploration, is a trying, is a doing. It's not saying you're going to do fucking 900 different things on a nightly basis. It just means don't ever stop exploring. Don't ever stop doing that because that's the next level. Right. And when I start to feel like we're working on a group project where somebody is okay with it, okay, we're good with where it is. And you go, no, 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 let's, let's get, let's make it better. Interesting, going back to the getting tired mode, mode, it's like, yeah, as long as if there's 10 people involved, if eight are investigating it going further, two can rest and mm -hmm. then they'll catch up, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, I got you. Yeah, if you can't, if you need to breathe right now, you breathe. And, and vice versa, absolutely. But, but yeah, but not as a whole, we can't stop. And I agree with you, never. Mm. I like that, I didn't, I didn't quite hear it, but I like that we never open, because I agree. Uh, you know, you want, you want, I, I want to go out after the final performance of a show and hear about this and, and tell somebody what I discovered watching it. And it's an interesting thing that you bring up because it's that, that when you, when we go back a little bit to talk about film and theater and television, that's something that that all three have in common. It's you will in a in a play you will do a performance and then and then the, the run closes and two days after the run closes you go, that's the moment I was trying to I that just it happens that happened to me the other day. I came home from a day of shooting and I was working on a scene and I trust that it will suffice. But I was in bed all night going, fuck. It just done. That's what I should have. You know, you get this thing, and it, and it wakes you up in the middle of the night, and then you go, "Well, that's that's beautiful. That's beautiful. You know, that's it is beautiful. beautiful. I do it to. I do it. You know, I do this for discovery, mm -hmm. and I yeah. do it for personal understanding and growth. You know, yeah. personal understanding of different topics, different people, myself, yeah. all that. But growth, and uh, I make the. You know, whenever I teach somebody like something we get invested in a project they say you know i'm going to be thinking about this for the next week mm -hmm. and like we're doing it for an hour mm -hmm. i can't stop yeah uh, it's part of it it's it's part of the uh part of the joy that to me is a, is a joy part of the joy of what we do is that we 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 can not stop thinking about it and, and, you know and, and then it's part of it uh, one of the questions I like to ask is, what do you think today, and it may just be that ease of knowing that you're doing it the rest of your life, but, uh, and the joy and discovery, but the obsession also, but what do you bring into the room today that you might not have, say, 25 years ago? Well, the obvious answer is references, right? References. I have 25 years worth of experience in life to reference. If you don't have a reference for a moment that you are asked, you've been asked to perform as an actor, you will be working at half, half mass. Uh, every single beat and moment that you have to execute and you are asked to execute in the story as an actor should have an actual reference for, for, for yourself. So, so bring those, bring, I bring those in. I have never been a drug lord. I've never been the second largest drug cartel leader in the world. 
but I have run a crew of 15 people while shooting a short film in a foreign country. I have never, you know, eliminated someone from my life violently, <laughs> but I, but I have, I have detached myself from people who I thought were dangerous for me to be around. So I will always have a reference. And if I don't have one, that's where the work begins. To find that reference, to find that thing. That I bring in now to every audition, every reading, every, every interview, every, every conversation, every, every interaction. I, I bring my references with me. I make sure that they're accessible to me in a way that, uh, that I didn't when I started, you know. I started did, you, did, you not bring them, did you not bring them in when you started because you didn't bring in as much specific personal work or because you didn't have as many experiences to bring? A little bit of both. I, 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 I want to say also that I didn't bring it in because I, I, I felt like I was going to, I was just going with my instinct, right? So just let me just go with my instinct, which is great. It's great. Uh, and it's, it's right because going with your instinct is the precursor to having a level of confidence in yourself, uh, allowing for you to have your instincts there and allowing them to, to be present and, and exist is part of that journey towards self-confidence. But, but the, uh, but the, yes, the, no, it, it was, it was definitely, it also will come, it'll come on a, on a very, uh, on a textural level, it'll come because you're going to get an audition or you're going to get a cast in a play where you're going to read something and go, shit, I have never X, Y, and Z, right? I, that's, I don't, I don't know the first thing about X, Y, and Z, blank, fill in that blank. And, and, and then you go, well, fuck, I better, because if I don't, if I'm not believable in this moment, I'm going to shit the bed, right? And so, and so get to working on getting that reference, you know, and finding it. Uh, but yeah, no, it was, it was definitely, it's definitely that, that I would say that, that that's, keep those, know what those are. They're, 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 they're called references, <laughs> you know, know what those are and, and how to access them within yourself and your own experience, because those are what's going to make the moments you choose to do as an actor unique and to yourself, you know, unique to who you are. Yeah. I'm glad to actually talk about the artistry part of it because uh, I think that's what makes it what makes your work exciting is it is specific and 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 personal and connected and it you know and and different mm -hmm. you know because you're able to draw on those things. Um, I'm avoiding going back too far, so I'm just going to ask the simplest question of when you're thinking about. It's interesting on the references, it's really great artistically. And I think, curious what you, when you think about today, and if you were to start out today, is there anything, it's a question about advice, but I sort of want to say like, what, yeah, what advice do you have? That's to anybody starting out, regardless of age. Uh, there, there were, there were, there are certain things, this was something that, 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 uh, that Phil taught me, uh, which was that that you you're good enough, you will always be good enough. That to to apply an unnecessary pressure on yourself to be great, 
is, is uh, debilitating. That you have to always trust that you are good enough. And, and, and so that's one. The other thing that I think would be the sooner we as, 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 as emerging artists take responsibility for our art, the sooner we'll start to find ourselves as an independent artist. Because when you don't take responsibility for your art, and I'll give you an example. If you, for example, write a play but can't answer the question as to what is this play about, right? If you perform a scene and can answer the question, what were you doing to that person in the scene? You're not taking responsibility for your art. And so the sooner you take responsibility for your art, the, the, the better off you'll be, you know? Uh, and, and it means, it just means knowing what you're doing and why you're doing it and taking that responsibility to do that, that that decision was based on an, on a thought process, a, a analytical and a emotionally, uh, uh, investigated process that, that then makes the decision as clear as, as day, you know, and that's taking responsibility. So, so, so feeling that and finding that, finding how do I take responsibility of my art as an artist is, is, is probably what I would, I would offer those, you know, emerging. Well, it's interesting because when I hear you talk and you were talking about your collaboration and, and you know, in your arguments, which were not arguments, but fighting for the play in the moment, yeah. only yeah. comes out of taking yeah. responsibility for your art and knowing what you're doing and making choices and understanding what, not only what you're doing to the other character in the scene, but what the play is about to you and mm -hmm. you get invested and you care. And, uh, and the thing you said about Phil's, you are enough. What I think is letting go of the pressure to be great is the only thing that allows you to actually do honest exploration so that you can build towards greatness, you know, yeah. With the ability and willingness to fail. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. No, we can never, we, I don't think we'll ever be great. We can always just achieve greatness, but I don't think we could ever be great. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, 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 and yeah, I don't think so. I think we'll get, we'll get, again, we're going to get, in, we'll get, we'll get in our own way. We'll just get in our own way. If yeah, we're well, trying to this level of something other than, 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 a, than a true, genuine responsibility and exploration of the moment in the moment, you know? Yeah, because great, you know, in greatness, even when we achieve that, it's fleeting, you know? <laughs> thing that, oh, thing that, you're great, then you're great. <laughs> <laughs> Done! <laughs> right? It's literally, if someone says, hey, that was great, then you're great. And you're great. <laughs> Is, that, <laughs> is that greatness? No. You know, but, but, but hey, someone tells you you're great, then you're great, you know. <laughs> but but yeah. I, the reason I say, yeah, I think it's fleeting because it's, uh, you know, either way you have to recreate it, but also you're going to, it's only great temporarily because tomorrow you're going to know more 
<laughs> no more. You're going to see something you've never seen before, and then you probably won't ever see it again, and then you'll see something else new, and then you'll hear a sound that you've never heard before, and if you're not paying attention, yeah, it's all going to sort of slip through your fingers, and then when you have a moment and you look at the script and you go, you read a stage record and it says, he, he hears this for the first time as if he'd never heard it before, and you go, Thank you, Felix. It's great to talk to you. Really enjoyed that, and I enjoyed your everything, thoughtfulness of it. You know, I didn't mention in the beginning that Zoom was a uh, frustrating. This was the most difficult time that Zoom has given me. Um, we kept locking up. You heard some of that in there, but it's okay because we didn't actually lose anything. We was Felix was incredibly patient, and you know, we would just pick up with where we left off. And, but I was so glad to get into that conversation at the end. I also liked a couple of things that we just talked about that idea of striving to the greatness, you know, that you can't achieve it. You know, it goes back to what I was talking about at the beginning, the idea of, uh, you know, taking inventory because we're always growing. Or, you know, that's what motivates me, discovery and growth. And I want to keep going and growing and not sitting back and resting and be like, oh, that was pretty good. That was, that's a, all right, I'm happy. You know, it's like, you know, if I'm going to keep doing the farm, I want to make it better. If I'm going to do the podcast, I want to make it better. And um, and that constant striving for growth that he was talking about of like, here, you're always going to be learning something. And so that's what I love about the theater. And that's what I love about the process of making art. You know, whether you're in the process of writing it before it ever goes to rehearsal, you're constantly discovering about the play. When you're in rehearsal, you're discovering about the play. And when you're performing it, you're discovering it. And afterwards, you're still thinking on it. And I love that. And I think that's why I also appreciate the new year of time of inventory and the time of change and just being able to think about like, okay, what can we do differently? What can we do a little bit better? What can we do a little less of uh, that doesn't benefit us? And um, so I appreciate it. I hope, uh, you know, I hope, I hope there's a lightness for you in 2021. I hope that uh, there's a sense of hope and change and possibility for everyone. And Looking forward to what you're going to do and what you achieve in this uh, coming year. So please share it with us. Give me, uh, you know, email me, Patrick, at thefarmtheater.org. And that was the other thing I wanted to say in 20, you know, 2021 is I, at the end of the year, I, I got to hear from a lot of people and it was really nice. I'd just like to hear, you know, what you like, what you don't, you know, what's valuable to you, what you'd like to hear more about. And it was really good to get the emails because the, I love one of the things about the Zoom and the podcast as frustrating as Zoom was with the conversation with Felix, allowing it to reach out and keep the conversation going is you, the, you know, obviously it's great to talk to the artist, but you, the audience, you're the community, you're, you're the conversation, um, you're part of it, whether you're just by listening and sharing your response and taking it in and sharing it with other people. And so I'm really grateful that we continue to have these conversations and that we're able to just share because I want you to know that every, you know, when I'm talking to them, to anybody in the conversation, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, what did somebody say that was valuable? What did they want to learn? What would they want to know? How should I unpack that? And uh, that's why I appreciate hearing from you. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you sharing it. And um, with that, I'll also say the great if you're listening on Apple to give us the five-star review or wherever you get your podcast. It really does help people find it. 
and you know, reach out to us. Go to thefarmtheater.org and reach out and let us know what you're doing because we're happy to talk about that um, and let people know what's going on because as much as I say we're getting used to it, I still think it's amazing that people have continued to create and navigate what's happening in the world right now to get their work out in there and to continue to form community and collaborate. So with that, Happy New Year. Thank you, Felix. So glad for the conversation. And we're out.